0: Welcome to this podcast. My name is Alex Morgan, and I am the owner of Tiny Blue Rocket. So, in today's podcast, we are looking at the seven steps you can take to improve WordPress image compression. So, images form a crucial part of any website. The value a great, a powerful image can bring to your users is ultimately unrivalled. Visual imagery is so powerful for people who are just quickly looking at content. But nothing can cause a website to be as slow as easily as a bloated, incorrectly sized, massive image file. Around 90% of people say they would abandon a website if it took 5 seconds or more to load. And around 40% would also leave if it took more than 3 seconds to load. So getting a website to load in under 3 seconds is incredibly important. What's the point in having great content on your website if people are not going to wait for it to load? So um, when I've worked in the past with uh, clients to help load their website or help them with the website loading time to improve the speed of their website, the number one most common issue I've found has been um, the images on the website. They are the ones that more often than not are the first thing you see is causing a website to be bloated and slow at loading. So the steps you can take, there are seven steps I'm going to cover here. There are some steps you can take and they are steps that can seem a bit difficult at times, but they're all things that throughout the years of me doing this that I've come to just make secondhand in how I go about uh, working on websites and helping clients. And I'm going to kind of go through all seven steps and hopefully make it seem easier and help explain where, when, and how you go about compressing and uh, resizing, and ultimately improving the speed of the images on your website. So the first step you you need to take is to initially resize the dimensions of your image. So whether your image came from your phone camera or a digital camera you have, or from stock images on the on the, on a website you've got them from, whatever wherever they've come from those images will be very very large images. Um, I looked at um, examples on Unsplash whilst writing this and I downloaded a few examples and the images that I was downloading were around about two megabytes in file size and the images were approximately four thousand pixels wide by two and a half thousand pixels high and it is the same with camera photos I looked at as well. Now bear in mind that you're aiming for any page on a website in total, the entire page with content, photos, you know, everything should be less than one megabyte in total. So, one image on its own can be double the size the entire page should be. And then you've got the image dimensions 4,000 by 2,500. I mean, the maximum you might be looking at is 1,600 or maybe 1920 pixels. Uh, It's 1920 pixels wide at the absolute most, absolute most. And that had to be high quality images you're using there. So having something that's 4000 pixels wide, we're talking more than double the size it needs to be. And obviously, as you can imagine, if it's double the size and dimensions, it's doubling the size of the image file um, as well, or certainly helping double it. So the first step you can take... When you've downloaded an image online or given a photo you've taken or someone's taken for you, the first thing you, you need to do is resize that image down to a more appropriate set of dimensions. So with tools like Photoshop or free platforms like Pixlr, which is P-I-X-L-R, you can go in straight away with an image and resize it down. So start with a 4,000 pixel across image. And then with Photoshop or Pixlr, you can just rack it down to, say, um, 1,200 pixels wide. If you are going from sort of 4,000 down to less than 1,000, you might see some reduction in, in, in image quality. As long as it's not too blocky or too blatantly awful, it should be okay. When it comes to images on websites, unless it's a website for a photographer people are not generally going to really deeply look at the images on the website. They are there just to add visual information, so people will see it. And as long as the image is not too blocky from that term um, resizing, it will be fine. Now, the step that's kind of missing here is, how do you know what size that image needs to be resized to? There are some websites which will tell you and advise you, but what I've learned over the years is uh, quite a useful tip is if you install the CSS Peeper browser extension, I know it definitely works on Chrome, it might work on other ones as well, what you can do is while you're building a website, just put up a a random image on the website where you want as a filler, as as a placeholder, where you want to put an image. With the CSS Peeper tool, when it's turned on and you're viewing the website on your browser, you hover over that image and it tells you the dimensions that image is being loaded at. So it might say, ah, this is 841 pixels by 563 pixels. And if you're doing it on a making your website on a nice large desktop monitor, then you can come away and say, okay, that's the biggest it needs to be. Go back to Photoshop or Pixlr and then resize that image. Now you can crop it as well using cropping tools and get it down to exactly that size. Because you're saying, okay, this is the biggest it's ever going to need to be. Here it is, perfect dimensions. And then you can export it and pop it up on the website, knowing it is exactly the right size. When it comes to exporting, you are th- you might be thinking, what format do I need my images to be in? And that's step two, the question, PNG or JPEG, which is best? Now, when you're dealing with um, any sort of stock images and um, sort of photos, you really do only have those two choices, PNG or JPEG. Now, what PNG are useful for as a file type is that they offer some transparency so on our website on some of our web pages we've got a kind of a graphic thing going on we've got our photo and behind it's got some layers of different colored sort of squares with some dots and things like that that kind of has been exported as a png because there's areas on that which need to be transparent you don't want a big sort of white blob following around the outside and stuff so those are png images and when you're dealing with photos and you want some areas on there to be transparent, it could be a sort of a different sized image, it could be a sort of a circular shape, you don't want the bits around it to be white where it's making a square around the corners, then you use PNG. But PNG files use lots of colours and therefore the, the file size can be quite large. Now people will say you can use PNGs for things like logos, or anything like graphics or illustrations. But the SVG scaled vector graphic format is best when you're dealing with logos and you're dealing with any kind of graphics. SVGs don't work when it's a photo. They cannot cope with photos and the file size gets massive. But if you are dealing with anything that's not photo related, then use SVG, of course. Um, But yeah, so, so PNG file sizes can be quite large, especially when it's not a colored photo so instead you've got jpeg and then you've got jpeg jpeg or jpg doesn't matter it's kind of the same thing basically um they are the best option to go for when you're dealing with any kind of photo be it one you've taken yourself or someone's taken for you or one you've downloaded from a stock image library whichever it is go for jpeg out of the two formats i will cover later that ultimately what you want is WebP format, but the moment you can't export images from things like Photoshop using the WebP format, you have to use additional tools to convert it. But we'll cover that later. So you've got your photo now, you've resized it down to the right dimensions, you've exported it probably as a JPEG, and you're ready to pop up, up on the website. But before you do, there is one more step you have to take before it goes near your website. And that is to use tiny PNG or tiny JPEG. Now, it doesn't matter whether you use tiny PNG or tiny JPEG at this point, because you might think, okay, tiny PNGs for PNG, tiny JPEGs for JPEGs. It's not. Either the tiny PNG or tiny JPEG will do both JPEG and PNG image sizes. That might be a slightly complex, a way of introducing it, but yeah. Um, now, why you'd use tiny PNG or tiny JPEG? is because when you export a photo uh, ready for the website, it will come in a really high-quality um, condition with lots of colours on the um, on the image. It will also come with lots of EXIF data. And EXIF data can be things like it will say, if the photo is taken by you or, or by someone else, it will say things like where the photo was taken with a GPS um, location, when it was taken, date and time, Things about the camera that took it as well. Bits of information like this that are stored within the image file that you don't need because no one on your website would care about looking at the image and finding out when it was taken and things like that. That is unnecessary data and it is bloating the size of the file. So if you use TinyPNG or TinyJPEG, you upload an image through their website. And it will compress the image. It will reduce and simplify the colours. It will strip out the exif data, and it uses a lossy compression. So there is a slight reduction in quality, but it's almost unnoticeable. It's very very rare that you have a put an image into tiny JPEG or PNG and it comes out and it looks even even noticeably different. But what happens by running it through tiny PNG, for instance? you're getting around about a 70% reduction in the file size. So you might have a one megabyte photo, you stick it up there, you're getting back something at 300, 200, maybe even 100 um, kilobytes back. And you just reduce massively the size of the image, with almost no difference in the quality of the photo. So you just by resizing, by using a good format, and then running through TinyPNG, you've made a huge difference from a two megabyte image, you might be down now to say 100 kilobytes. Such a huge, huge reduction from where we started down to now. So just before you pop that, webs- that um, photo up on your website, you need to install a couple of plugins that I would recommend. First of all is the Short Pixel Image Optimizer plugin. And second of all is Short Pixel Adaptive Image. And I'll explain why they're needed. So for step four, you need to compress and resize with Short Pixel. So um, you might think, okay, we've, all, we've already resized, we've already compressed images. Why do we need to do it again? Well, first of all, Short Pixel Image Optimizer will just run the image through to look for any further compression. You might think, do I need to use Short Pixel? Uh, so do I need to use Tiny PNG if I'm using Short Pixel? The thing to bear in mind is if you've got websites on um, servers like services like um, Cloudways for hosting, where you pay for server usage, doing the compression on your website can be something you end up paying for, whereas you can just do it for free with tiny PNG or tiny JPEG. So it's best to compress the image before it goes to your website, just to keep costs down. But what Pixel I'm sure Image Optimizer will do, first of all, is it will look to reduce the image file size a little bit. Then it will take your JPEG or PNG and convert it to WebP format. I'll cover WebP format a bit more later and um, just just touch on that a little bit more um, in a a, a slightly later part of this. But WebP format is what you're looking for because WebP format, um, actually, you know, I'll get into it now. Uh, WebP format is a format that Google really likes, for instance, um, as a file uh, file type for images. And WebP format, um, as the, what the way the files work, you can see about a 30% further reduction in the image file size. When you bear in mind we've used TinyPNG and we've reduced by about 70%, WebP format can help reduce it even more to make the image file sizes absolutely tiny. So what you want is for your images to be in that WebP format that most browsers use and a place like Google really like to see your website using. So um, ShortPixel will convert your image files into WebP format. It will also convert your images into retina format. So for um, things like Apple devices, especially large Apple devices, they want high quality retina images that are two times the size. And you can get other plugins that will do this for you but with ShortPixel, pixel it will on its own convert your images you upload through to your website into that two times retina format that you need. Um, the final thing it can do as well is if you do use PNGs for your photos rather than JPEGs by accident, it will also convert your PNGs to JPEGs for you to keep that uh, file size down as well. And then we come on to the adaptive image plugin. So um, there is are essentially three main things that the Adaptive Image plugin does additionally to what you've got so far. So first of all, and most crucially really from my point of view, is that it will adaptively load the images at the perfect dimensions. So if a user comes to you on an ultra-wide PC monitor, or they come to you using a small smartphone screen, the images need to be different sizes for those different devices. That's something that doesn't automatically happen. So you might have an image that's set up for desktop monitors that is 1,600 pixels wide. You don't want it to be that big on a screen that might be 300 pixels wide on a smartphone. What Adaptive Image does is it um, reactively loads the images in the right size for that device. It works out the device screen size and loads the image at the right size. Second of all, it helps lazy load your images as well. And I'll cover that slightly later in this. Lazy loading is very important. It also helps with, uh, at the same time, serving your images in that WebP format. So you've converted them, but now you want to make sure they actually are coming out in that right format, and the Adaptive Image plugin will make sure they're being loaded in that WebP format. And finally, the bit that underpins all of this, is that Adaptive Image will store a cached say, version of your images on their own CDN, their own network, which is basically where they will hold your images in the right place and wherever someone is in the world, it will quickly send out those images to your website ready for the user to view the uh, view the images. And of course it will do that at the right size for the right device, in the right format, so webP format, having that short pixel adaptive image plugin with the short pixel image optimizer plugin really, really helps make sure your images are loading at the absolute best size, smallest smallest file size, and in the best possible way for all users. So you know installing those two plugins is a must really for me. I think it is, it is a, a must-have set of plugins. So now step five, quite a quick step this one, is to make sure you define your image dimensions. Since Google's Web Core Vitals um, initiative came out, Cumulative Layout Shift, or CLS, is a crucial part of their the way that, in which they define a website speed. So, what the CLS, CLS um, means in terms of your website is if you think about websites you've seen before in the past, ones where you're watching it load, it seems like it's kind of jumping around on the page a bit. It's almost like you know. Not, you might have a bit of website load and something jumps up ahead of it and everything shuffles down and things like that. CLS uh, defines how long it takes for the website content to stop moving around on the page for it to load. Ideally, you'd be aiming for a CLS score of 0 or 0.01, 0.02, as small amount of time as possible that content is shifting on the website. The way to get that zero score is to define the size of the images. So it says this image is this, this this wide by this wide, and it's right here on the website. Don't move it around, stick it here, that's it, done. You can use things like the Specify Missing Image Dimensions plugin, but if you've got um, a plugin like WP Rocket installed to help with the rest of your website speed optimization, there is one box you can tick in WP Rocket that says make sure you define the image dimensions. And that one little tick can make all the difference because then it gets your CLS score down to as close to zero as possible. So then another quick step after this is step six, and that is to lazy load your images. I mentioned before about lazy loading, and that's because that's something that ShortPixel can help you with. Now, if you think about when you go out for a meal at a nice restaurant, you you might have a three or four course meal, you don't want to be eating your starter, and have your main and pudding dumped alongside you at the same time. Because it might ultimately slow you down, we, or you might think, oh god, I've got to eat all this now, and it just, you know, it's not not right. And it's the same with the website. You don't want to go to a website and, and wait for all of the page to load in one go, when you just want to get that bit at the top of the page in front of you. So you can start looking at it and enjoying that page. With lazy loading, what it does is it says, okay, this content here at the top of the website, we need to load first in terms of images, and the rest of it can wait. We're not going to load these images until the user starts scrolling down the screen. When they get to a point of being ready to view that image, let's load it then instead. So lazy loading just simply will speed up the website because it might only load one or two photos at a time rather than having to load 20 in one go. So um, When it comes to setting up lazy loading, getting that in place it is as simple as that CLS stuff. With ShortPixel it will do that for you WP Rocket as well offers you this option so it's a case of just turning on that option and with the ShortPixel Adaptive Image Plugin you can also turn it off on certain images Recently, since a more recent um, update with WordPress and with ShortPixel, I've spotted on a few client websites where the website is loading on screen for the user. Then it's a couple of seconds, and then the logo for that website loads afterwards. And that's not quite right for me because, because you know, logo is very important for a website, and you don't want to have this sort of blank bit at the top of the page while you're waiting for the rest of the content to load. So with the ShortPixel Adaptive Image plugin, while you're logged into the website, you can click on the little um, option at the top of the WordPress bar on, on where you're viewing a page. And you can click on an image, and you can turn off lazy loading for an image. So you can turn it on, and it can make a huge difference, but if it affects the website visually while you're waiting for an image to lazy load, you can just turn it off. That's really used, useful as well. Having these great tools is great as long as they always work. If sometimes they don't, it's good to have the option to turn off things that aren't quite working for you. Now, step seven, which is a bit more complicated and is kind of optional, really, is to host your images with a CDN. Now, a content delivery network is something which we um, mentioned before uh, when we're looking at a short pixel adaptive image. And it's something that can be incredibly useful for a website because you are storing the content from your website on an extra server, so a different company who provides a CDN, and wherever the user in the world comes from, it will load your website incredibly quickly for that user. You can also use a couple of different CDN tools to store some of the media data, things like PDF documents, images, videos. These can be stored on a CDN, they're all paid options. You've got to pay a bit more for these uh, on top of what you're paying for your hosting and things like that. First of all, there's Bunny CDN, a tool I've used before, and uh, a tool that can seem complicated to set up, but there's plenty of videos out there to show you how to do it, and their their help their support um, team is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So with Bunny CDN, you can set it up. So that you are storing some of the um, data from your website, some of the content from your website, on their servers for them to load really quickly for your users. You can just upload images and videos and things like that, and get a URL which you can then use on your website, say to say this is where the image is. Recently, Cloudflare have uh, announced in about the last week um, the launch of Cloudflare Images. So much like with Bunny CDN. You can use Cloudflare with a small fee to host and serve your images directly to the users. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, wait a second, ShortPixel does this. And ShortPixel do do this, and they do a good job. But with things like Bunny CDN and Cloudflare images, it can be even better, even faster. So it is an optional seventh option. You might think as well, though, OK, but how do I load images on a WordPress website if they're being stored on a CDN? Because you upload images to your media library on WordPress, and then you choose them from the media library on the website. Well, with with uh, many, many tools for WordPress, especially things like Elementor, there's the option to choose an external URL for an image. And you can take the URL from the CDN where it's storing your images, and then go back to things like Elementor and say, okay, this is the URL for my image that's going to go here on the website and then it works. I will cover this hopefully in an additional video. Cloudflare Images is very, very new. I'm waiting to see how it beds in with WordPress, whether there's going to be a plugin that comes with it or any additional tools. I will at some point cover that in a a blog and a video and a podcast and things like that. I think I will do that in future. So, in summary, images can make and break a website the value that the image can bring from the visual content side is astonishing the impact though that a bloated image can make in a website in terms of loading time is equally astonishing so by resizing compressing images you can solve quite a bit of the problem using short pixels to plugins you can add additional services as well to speed up to um to change the format, to lazy load and to make your images load really quickly for the user. And you can also then if you want to go on to the next step of using a paid CDN to store your images to provide additional extra speed improvements. So if you need any help with any of these steps or you'd like any, like help um, getting yourself your perfect website then do feel free to reach out to us at TinyBlueRocket today to find out more uh, how we can help, so just go to timelyrocket.co.uk and find out how we can help you get your perfect website. So thank you very much for uh, listening, and I will see you on next podcast. I'm not quite sure what's going to be about, but I've got an idea for one about images and the SEO side of things, and that may well be what I do next. But we shall see. Anyway, thank you very, very much, and have a good rest of your day.